Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, guys, and welcome to episode 13 of the Caged In podcast. For those of you who don't know, this is a podcast where I, Petra Spatsilovus, your host, I'm going to be watching every single Nicolas Cage film. Yay! Um, so, yeah, if you haven't uh, listened before, there's a load of episodes as well. 12 episodes that you can catch up on and join us on episode 13. 13's unlucky for some. Is it going to be unlucky for me in this case? This is the film Firebirds. Released in 1990. And like before, like many times before, i got no fucking clue what this film is about. Um, and I'm not going to. Because i got rules i stick to. One of them rules that relates to that is no expectations. Those of you guys who listened before, feel free to skip on a little bit. Because I'm just going to go over these. Cause never know. People could be coming into these because they like Firebirds and they just want to listen to this specific episode. So, rules. No expectations. Pretty straightforward. If I don't know anything about the film, I'm not going to know anything about the film. Done. Second rule. No distractions. Again, pretty self-explanatory. Me, the film, Cage and me. Eye to eye. Just going fist like... Going at it, punch for punch, pound for pound. Giving it my full attention. I put my phone on airplane mode. Um, I'm lucky I've got a really lovely and understanding girlfriend. She's currently on holiday and whilst recording one of these, like, it's a rare moment because there's time difference, stuff like that, that we could have a conversation. Um, and I had to apologise and say... Uh, I was watching a real shit film last night and said, and I got like the best response, which was, if it was Nick, if it was a Nicolas Cage film, I'll let you off. Like, you can't ask for much better than that. Um, yeah. So, luckily, I've got understanding people like that in my life that will know that. Once I'm in the cage, I ain't coming out until it's done. Um, so, yeah, that's it for the rules. Um, I'm not going to get in the cage cage 
today, well, this evening, because I've already done it today, and I'm recording this straight after episode 12 for Time to Kill, so I feel like I'm very much immersed inside the ridiculous world of Nicolas Cage. Um, yeah, I'm going to get on with it, um, going to watch the film, going blind, I'm just going to see what happens, I'm feeling pretty lethargic, it's pretty late, what's the time, it's quarter past 11 at night, so roughly it's probably going to be an hour and a half film, and then I've got to record the tail end afterwards so looks like i'm in for a nice late one guys so i hope you appreciate all the turmoil i'm putting myself through for you guys in the name of entertainment or there could be no one listening and i'm just gonna get a really late night and it's not gonna be very fun but Hopefully it'll be enjoyable. Hopefully 13 is lucky for me and not unlucky. So I'm going to roll the theme music and then afterwards I'll be talking about the film. So I'll put my feet up, turn my phone off and we're going to get raging with Cage. Feels like I've been awake for days Watch a film starring Nicolas Cage Could be shit or it could be fun Valley girl face off an army of one Deadful Cornell, Lord of War The Wicker Man trespassing so many more Know how it starts, I don't know how it ends The first ten are solo, then it's me and some friends No distractions, no expectations Over the weeks, hear my frustrations I guess the podcast is about to begin I'm your host Petra Plasilevis and I'm caged in Alright, Firebirds, or as I like to call it, Top Gun 2 Oh, right. So, yeah, this film starts with epic music, reverb, drums. We get a shot of silhouette of some helicopters flying through the sky. It looks bad, fucking ass. You're thinking, yes, this is gonna be wall to wall action. Is it? Fuck. Um. And then it start, It has a quote from George Bush Senior, and kind of sets up the tone for this film. Um, once I'd watched it, I quickly like wound back to the beginning and took a photo just so I could read out what it says. It says, "Our message to drug cartels is this." The rules have changed. We will help any government that wants our help. When requested, we will for the first time make available the appropriate resources of American armed forces. Oh, and yeah, it's it's here in the first two minutes you realise this film has an agenda to play and that agenda to play is drugs are bad 
and it is rammed down your throat the whole film um opening i don't know what is up with this film it's like it's like a smoke machine going on every time it's in like it's a classic like darkened room load of officials like government guys you know like navy people all all all, all awarded up to the eyeballs like they got all their they got their official garb on and you got jake preston played by slippery nick the dick cage telling this story of how he's flying helicopters he had his whole like platoon with him and some fucking rogue helicopter comes out of nowhere fucking destroys it and they're like that's it they've got to be avenged the fucking drugs are real bad. They keep, they keep fucking. <laughs> it's really like that's it. The cartels have got to go down. We won't stand for this. Um, and then like, Cage is asked to leave, and oh, he sat on a bench and like literally, in earshot, you've got like a couple of officials talking. Guys are going to head up the operation. Of, they're like, we just got to get we got to get revenge. we got to get this guy. Like, like he is the sole reason that drugs are bad. This rogue fighter, helicopter pilot. Like, yeah, killing him is just going to stop all, all, all drug trade. I don't think it's going to be as easy as that, guys. Um, yeah, even if this had, had happened in real life, sorry to tell you, drugs are still out there. Um, and yeah, within earshot, they're having a conversation of how 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 it's going to go down, and they're like, Jake, Nick, we want you on the team, and it's kind of set up at this point as the golden boy. He is, he is our top gun. Like, don't be fooled. This film is basically, yeah, ah, oh, it's so. <laughs> It's so much of a rip-off. Um, and then we're introduced to um, Tommy Lee Jones's character, who is called... Ah, what is his name? Oh, come on. Brad Little, that's it, yes. Um, Brad fucking Little, that's his name. <laughs> um, he's kind of called on board by the bigwig saying... You're the best guy we know in regards to helicopter piloting, stuff like that. You've got to get this team together to take down the drug cartel scum because we hate drugs. You're a part of the army, so you hate drugs as well. We're following George Bush. What could he do that's any wrong? <laughs> and, um, yeah, straight in. Straight into training, you get Cage. He's laughing like a fucking idiot. He's just giggling. Um, he sees you don't really you don't really know how they know each other, but uh, Sean Young, the actress who's probably best known for the film Blade Runner, um, plays a replicant in that. Um, She's like an old flame of Jake Preston's, and he does not fucking leave her alone. He is, ah, oh, he's 
ultra fucking perv in this film. He's like perv up to 11. Um, yeah, he asks her out on a date and says like, oh yeah, you want to you wanna go for a drink sometime? She's like, no, no, not really. And then, um, and then we get, uh, yeah, it's Brad Little's uh, wife is introduced, who is played by the same lady who plays the psychiatrist in the Lethal Weapon films. Uh, really love that character. I don't know the actress's name. Do apologise for that, uh, Miss Lady, whoever you are. Um, she's taking him out for dinner. Little does he know. Bang, it's a surprise birthday party. Straight in. Literally met the character a minute ago and straight in, like, like, I don't like you're supposed to care. I didn't really care that it was his birthday party because I didn't know the character at all. What is that about? (laughs) Um, And, yeah, at the party again, Cage still acting like a fucking creep. Um, He says to... Uh, Sean Young's character, whose name is Billy, he says, uh, how about that drink? And moments before this, he just, like, runs his finger through the birthday cake, like, licks it off, and then says to her, yeah, how about that drink? It's like, you're never going to get a woman if that's your move, you daft prick. Um... And then we kind of get a lot of training stuff. We get this, oh, we get this simulator. This, um, yeah, it's like a, it's like a terrible 90s, 80s, like video game graphics. Um, they're, they're trying to take down the enemy, basically. And it is, uh, it's terrible, guys. I am the greatest. 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 So you could see, old Preston boy, it's got a lot of, lot of confidence in himself. Uh, you could tell by that clip, the music is fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's that terrible music all the way through. Um, he's been watched on the screen. There's like these five screens set up. You can kind of see the crap like visuals of the game that they're playing or whatever. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he's always chewing bubble gum as well. I noticed up to this point. He's just all like, he's just a prick. Like <laughs> his character. I don't know. I don't like any characters in this film. There's no one I can like relate to. There's no one I can get behind. Really, like I'm not. I'm not massively pro drugs. Like it's not about my politics. But I don't know. I just kind of. You don't really. You don't really get. Anyone's not. No one's really built up in a way that you feel like you can relate to them in any way. So, like, you kind of don't. You kind of don't relate to them and you don't really get invested in the storyline. Um, after his little, I don't know, like simulator training, um, Jake's asking about, he's like, where's Billy? Where's Billy? She's in the, she's in the laundromat. He's there. He's, try, he's trying again. He's trying again where he tries to smooch her. She's not, she's not into it. Um, 
when she leaves, she leaves a pair of pants and he takes them. He like says, hey, you forgot something. She's like, you haven't. Probably because she's so fucking creeped out that he's like, just, I don't know, holding on to a pair of his pants. You know, he knows, she knows that he's going to go and probably sniff them. Fucking pervert. Um, and we get the next morning and this scene is great. You kind of have... Um, Tommy Lee Jones' character having a, like a morning run and everyone who runs past him kind of is doing a new thing or says a new thing. Uh, you got one guy running backwards and then it's like the last guy they kind of like, I don't know, like, what well, it was like morning, how, like, good time for a run and then the last guy just kind of goes, so, sir, that's all he says is, uh, yeah, it's great. You just kind of get a lot of like montagey stuff of training and stuff like that. Like a lot of them, like they're doing nothing. And we get this scene where um, Jake's in a club with his. It's kind of is yeah is. His like, side man. His oh, side man. His like sidekick, and um, he's, he's Billy in there. He goes over. He starts. He starts trying to get in involved he starts trying to dance first he's already dancing with someone he gets a bit he becomes a right arsehole as well he's like he's just trying to muscle in she's not interested that's what i don't get about this she is not interested but he is just pursuing her to no end um yeah he just comes off as massively creepy you kind of find out a bit of their like past and stuff like that she's like um like you wanted, you wanted me to kind of settle down. That's not re- really what I'm into. I'm, I'm into being in the army, flying, flying helicopters and stuff like that. And um, he does this really creepy move when she's like leaving as well. He just like, like moves his eyebrows up and down. Like oh, I don't know. Oh, he just yeah. I just wanted to smack him in the mouth most of the time. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, then we get. The major, like one of the, one of the big wigs from the opening scene, he's on a conference call, and he's kind of getting the deets that they've got to head out soon. And then um, we get a scene in the hangar, and he's just still perving. They're sent on like a kind of field training, and. Uh, over the radio, Jake is just talking to Billy, and there's so much innuendo. It's like, I don't know, like she loses him, and then all of a sudden his helicopter is above hers, and he's like, Oh, you know how much I like it on top? I'd like to be on top. And she's like, Well, you need to, like, you're there in your cockpit. It's all, it's all bullshit like that. Um, yeah, and, um, Tommy Lee Jones wants to join the task force, but it's not allowed. He keeps keeps pursuing it, and he's not like the majors. Like, no, you're one of our best assets. You're here to train people. We're not going to risk you on the front line. So he goes to blow off some steam in the gym and asks Jake, like, you want to go? You want to go around? You want to have a little sparring session? And it is the most terrible sparring. It looks. It's so slow. You can tell it's overly choreographed and Jake knocks him down. He like 
No, it's just so... So he gets one lucky punch and he is down like a sack of shit. And boy, he's feeling it the next day. He wakes up late for work. His wife's like, shouldn't you be gone by now? He's like, oh, what's the time? He's <laughs> disorientated. Um, he pulls out one of the weirdest lines. Um, yeah, he's like, you'd have thought I've had my dick shit off. Uh, my, my dick shit off? My dick shot off. Um, by the way, I'm acting. Or something, something towards that. I wrote it down. Yeah, you, you'd you think I'd had my dick shot off, is what he says. Um, um. It just gives her a chance. She has a look at it. She's like, oh, double check. It has been shot off. It hasn't. They get to it. Um, we get a team briefing. That the man they're looking for, the big badass motherfucker in the helicopter is Eric Stoller. He is, oh, he's got a, he's got a moustache. You know, that's a sign someone is a bad man. He's grizzled. He's got a, like he's got facial hair. He's he's he, he look he looks a little foreign. Oh, like fuck off, guys. He's not saying he's a good guy, but I don't know their portrayal of him. Yeah, he is. You take him down, all drugs are gone, guys. Obviously, that's the message you're trying to portray, which we see in the next moment where um. There's TV footage, like news footage, kind of everything's like drugs are bad, drugs are bad, cracks bad, cocaine's bad. Yeah, we know they're all bad. Okay, guys. Um, I don't know. This is like an out and out, and it's not like they're going after drugs in the US. They're going after drugs in like Cuba, in South America. Oh, it's just bullshit. Um. Then Cage gets to fly in a thing called, uh, what is it they call it? It's called like the boot or something like that. Um, uh, What is it? Uh, The bag, that's it. And it's kind of a, like, essentially it's a darkened, like, cockpit. And all you have to rely on is, um, like, a periscope. Yeah, and it's like you have to a periscope and a screen, and he just can't do it. He's sweating like a motherfucker. Like, you would have thought he'd just got out of the sea. Like, he is bad, and he is not doing well. And then he has a chat with Billy, and she says, It's like sex. Everyone screws up the first time. And she, like, out of nowhere, figures it out. She's like, oh, yeah, you're left eye dominant. That's why you were fucking up. It's like, oh, oh, I don't know you're a doctor, madam. Obviously, she must be. She figured it out like that. She knows he's left eye dominant. So what does our boy Jakey Preston do? Goes straight to see Brad Little, who's looking after his kids. In the supermarket, they're shopping. He's like, oh, I'm left eye dominant. you got to give me another chance. you got to give me another chance. He's having a right old moan. Um, and, like, so he's like, it's not going to be as easy as that. Like, you've got to prove yourself. Um, to which Jake replies, uh, possibly the worst line in the film, 
That's real big of you, little. Wah, wah, wah. Um, and that night, it's, it's like the guilt is plaguing him. And that, especially that line, that line got to him because Brad Little can't sleep. He's up, his wife tries to make him feel better. She gives him a magnum, he's eating a magnum. They talk about, they talk about what's going on. She talks about how he, like, he needs to push people, like... Like he wants, he wants stuff to be done. He wants the country to be good. You're a patriot. Like, oh, it's just so. I don't. It's so sickly patriotic. This film, like, yeah, ugh, it's it's a little gross. <laughs> um, so the next day, Brad Little has a ploy, something that's gonna help to get him over his left eye dominance like because his wife had said well you got over like having a left eye dominance surely you could do it and he's like well I'm not sure I'm not sure if I can so the thing he comes up with he said it worked for him is um, putting a pair of pants over his head covering his right covering his left eye and uh, like having a periscope coming off of his right eye and driving a car and uh yeah they're driving about he's driving erratically seem like uh, but they're happy with it like he starts to nail it everyone's getting behind him he's got his sidekick and i do you know what i don't even know what the sidekick's name is that's how like that's how much i didn't care about this film and there's another one of the pilots i did get his name just because it's a blatant fucking ripoff from top gun but we'll get to that when he appears um yeah there's more there's more like montage there's more simulator training he tries the bag again and lo and behold putting a pair of pants on your head and looking for a periscope he fucking nails it doesn't he he like we didn't see that coming. Um, yeah. Uh, then we get a scene. I didn't really, I didn't really get like where this came from because yeah, um, Billy's driving Jake's car. He's still chirps and it's like it's terrible. They they arrive at a place like they're going on a date. Like, but up until this point, she just wasn't interested. It's like for some reason, him doing well in the bag. All of a sudden. His life's going well for him. She's interested. Um, he goes in for a kiss. She's like, whoa, 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 wait up, sailor. So what does he do? He said, She says, like, oh, how did, how did you get on in the bag? He's like, oh, I'll show you a technique that worked. Um, gets her to close her eyes, puts her arms out, and he grabs her and kisses her. And I was just like, oh, so fucking sleazy. Um... And then we get a scene of them in the smokiest room I've ever seen, dancing to like some smooth music. Sounds like Phil Collins. I'm not sure if it is. Uh, it's I. If it isn't Phil Collins, it's a blatant ripoff. They're dancing in this smoky room, like alone. There's no one else for some reason at this resort. Like the owners must have done a terrible job at marketing the place because they're the only two guests by the looks of it. Um, 
yeah, they make love by candlelight. There's like way too many candles in this room. Like the admin that would have gone in would have been ridiculous. Like, I don't know if yeah, if you're getting down to it, you don't want to have like ten minutes for like wait a sec. Let me light all these fifty million candles that we have set up in the room. Um, the next day. She's got to get back to the base because she's got training in like two hours. And he's like, ah, just, just fucking skip it. Like, come on, it's Margarita Day. Like, let's let's just go out and get pissed. And, um, yeah, he's just like, it's like, is he taking the army seriously? Like, he, like you get this, you get a real mixed message from the guy because he seems well, like, gung-ho to begin with. And then... By this point, it's like, is he just up for a laugh and a joke and kind of getting the bird is more important than, like, getting the bad guy. I don't... He's got, like... Yeah, I just wrote in my notes, he's got no, no charm whatsoever. Um, Then we just get back into, like, more shit. It's more training. Like, they kind of do a live exercise where it's, um... Them... Uh, him and his sidekick and Brad Little and another pilot kind of doing a mock helicopter to helicopter fight because that's what they're training them to do like in these Apaches they're training them to uh, yeah they're used to kind of helicopter to ground combat but they're not used to air air to like helicopter to helicopter combat so that's what he is trying to teach them probably should have told you about that earlier in the description of the film, but, uh, what you gonna do, um, yeah, we get, like, they win, obviously, obviously, Caden is like, it's kind of like, he's the fucking best pilot of all time, all of a sudden, he, like, everyone's fucking blowing smoke up his ass. um, and then we get the old Tashman Major again, he's on another conference call, Saying they gotta move, they gotta move in. They've got more info on Stola. Uh, like we've gotta get him, and then they're getting shipped out. That's it. They've got less than twenty four hours to be in the thick of it. It's like the DEA, and and, it, and then you find out it's the name of the operation. The name of the operation is Operation Firebird. Never saw that one coming. Um, yeah. And uh, they'll be head-to-head with, like, the Scorpion, which is the name of Stola's uh, ship, or, like, the type of helicopter it is, and his crew. I don't know who they're going to be. And then we get a real nice moment where Brad Little is told by the Major, like, you can't, like, I I need a flight leader for this. I want you, Brad. And you could see the joy in his eyes. You could see you could see the spring in his step and the the light in his heart that he's so joyed that he's gonna be out there. He could die, but doesn't matter. No, he's fighting for his country once again. Um and then Jake finds Billy like, Oh, we're heading out, like well, we should probably have a chat about things. She's like, Oh, don't worry, we'll chat about it when we're on the flight over there. And he is not happy. He's like, wait a goddamn fucking second. What do you mean? She's like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm coming out as well. And he does not take it well 
Otto. They allowed you to go into combat? I don't believe I'm hearing this. Billy, wait a second. Oh, you think it's fine for me to be a pilot as long as there's nothing at stake? But a dangerous mission, no way. That's only for men. Thanks, Jake. I have my orders. Why is it so hard for you to understand that I just don't want you to get hurt? I chose this career, and you, my friend, are going to have to accept it. My friend! <laughs> and how does he get his frustrations out? That's it. He karate kicks the air. Oh, he just flies off the handle. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, and then we get the yeah, we get them flying out to South America, and you get the exact same footage that was from the title scroll in this film of the helicopters flying in the sunset. Obviously. They thought, in, like, this film's 125 minutes long. They thought, miraculously, people would forget. Like, people wouldn't notice. Well, we fucking did. Like, you morons. Like, it's only possibly not, like, an hour later. Like, we would remember. It's quite an... It's used on all the fucking posters for the film as well. Ah, God. Um... They uh they then like arrive in South America and they get a uh they get a briefing which is pretty much like Stoller is bad um and drugs are bad and then um Jake and Little have a little chat they're kind of walking around the um walking around the base uh, they're like God, you're the best no you're you're the best no you're the best and just talking about how how good america is how bad drugs are like how bad stoler is and then out nowhere bang the fucking base is attacked there's missiles going off everywhere miraculously don't seem to hit a fucking helicopter at all they like run the whole team runs get in the helicopters and then as soon as they're in the helicopters bang like one of the some of the like team that don't even have names you're not even introduced to they're dead we don't care because you didn't set those people up as any characters they were just like in the background in scenes so like i don't think yeah David Green is the guy who directs this. I don't think he thought at all about, like, no one's going to care if you kill people if there's no no development to that character. Like, um, I don't really feel either that Stola is built up that much. Like, you never hear him talk at all in this. He's not really, like, built up as a villain either. Like... I don't know, like, I feel like the main villain in this film is drugs, like, drugs are bad, okay, kids, like, I don't know, it's, this film feels more like a, uh, an infomercial or like, uh, yeah, an anti-drugs video you'd show kids in school than an actual action film, um, I don't know, I feel like if you were to watch, like, an action film about pilots in any way, possibly go watch Top Gun, um, yeah, because this ain't gonna get it for you guys. Uh, that's it. They're up in the they're up in the helicopters. Billy's Billy's out there. She's um her role is to kind of scope things out. Um, 
in her helicopter. They find blow up like a comms unit. It's like a satellite that obviously, or not obviously, um, that was there to, like, their, um, Stola would have used to find their base. Would have been able to track it all. And then, like, she finds the rebels. Oh, and one of the guys' name is Rice Man. Like, so he's like Private Rice, like surname Rice. And yeah, he's the Rice Man. He's referred to for this, like, probably like, that's what I mean. This bit here as well is like the last 10 minutes of the film. And characters are kind of introduced by name at this point. Uh, I'm not sure if a longer cut of this film is out there anywhere or exists or there is a whole heap of stuff on a cutting room floor somewhere because uh it it just like you just don't care about any of the characters i don't care about rice man because all you can think is i'm pretty sure there's a character in top gun called Iceman. um yeah and then stola finds billy he chases her Jake chases Stola. Um, Rice Man takes out a fighter jet. Uh, Rice Man and Little, uh, yeah, are like flying together. Um, their helicopter gets taken down. Jake pulls out the weirdest line. You find out that his sidekick's name is Calvin. And he says, oh, he says something along the lines. I can't even remember the context. He says, I am your mother now, Calvin. Like, he's like, do you love your mother? And he's like, of course I love my mother. He's like, I'm your mother now, Calvin. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Um, So once Rice and Little's helicopter is down, Billy comes to the rescue. Uh, Rice man is dead, like, Ah, oh, I feel so sad about that character who only found out his name two minutes ago is dead. Um, and Brad Little is hurt and he's he's giving her instructions on how to create a rocket launcher out of the stuff that's on the helicopter. And like, whilst trying to do that, there's a fighter jet coming towards them. It's getting, it's getting tough like the fighter jet tries to shoot at them she dives out the way Whew, they're fine she's like right that's him gonna shoot it right up the ass bazooka blows it up it's fucking miraculous uh, and then jake like is still chasing stola going back and forth and getting shot at they're like and then all of a sudden, he gets in with the most basic move ever. Stola, like, is chasing them. They go over a cliff, lower their helicopters down. He goes over, flies over the top of them, and then, bang, boom, shoots him down. And that is pretty much the end of the film, really. Uh there you all of a sudden you find out miraculously that the cartel has disbanded that's it they're, they're beaten guys you take out the helicopter man everything's fine um yeah we get brad is airlifted out of it he's injured um and jake 
and Billy make up, and that's it. They kind of just walk, like walking. I think no, they're arguing again. They're, well, they're arguing about who's going to drive the helicopter. He's like, oh, I am, I am, I am. She's like, no, no, let me, let me drive the helicopter. As they're arguing, it kind of felt like the camera just drifts off, and that's the end. And oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy this one at all, guys. As I said, I'm recording this straight after time to kill. It's fucking late. It's real late, and um, oh, I just can't wait for things to get better um right so i must have been fucking knackered when i uh recorded this episode because i totally forgot about this section so i'm just dropping it in here now guys um obviously you've heard what i thought about the film um what does the internet say um there's only two scores on the internet for this there's an IMDb and a Rotten Tomato scores. And boy, I think I've hit the nail on the head with my opinion of this one. Because IMDb is 4.6 out of 10. Ooh. And Rotten Tomatoes is 10%. So, yeah, um, the director, David Green, uh, actually, he's got quite a small and looks pretty ropey back catalogue here. He's directed a film called Buster, starring Phil Collins. So maybe that was a Phil Collins track in Firebirds. He obviously knows the guy. There is Car Trouble from 1985. And no, that can't be right. Yes, he did a film in 2010 called Zombie Roadkill, which looks rubbish. Oh, right. Well, yeah, sorry, 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 I missed that part, uh, but it's in here now. So, back to the podcast. So, let's talk about what's coming up. Um Next episode is Wild at Heart, the 1990 David Lynch-directed film that I, again, don't really know anything about. Like, I own it on Blu-ray, but uh, that's that's really about it. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be joined on that one with a friend of mine and comedian... Uh, Martin Huckster, really, really cool guy. Check him out on social media. So he's on Twitter and Instagram at Hurley Burley. Well, it's at Hurley underscore Burley. So it's H U R L Y underscore B U R L Y. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to chatting shit about Wild at Heart. Um, and regards to helping out the podcast, guys, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Um, just any honest feedback in those, uh, reviews would be great. Um, obviously if you don't, don't, don't have iTunes, you can like, I guess, I guess you're probably 
already listening to this on H Acast or Stitcher or SoundCloud. Oh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, yeah, there's other easier ways that the episodes, you don't have to go hunting for the episodes. The episodes can turn up straight on your phone. So with iTunes, you can set to automatic download. On Acast, you can just like add it to my shows and every time an episode is released, it will be there on your phone. Uh, With iTunes, obviously, you can set up for automatic download. So as soon as the episode is released, it will just download to your phone so you can listen to it wherever you are. Please just do that. Like, uh, Obviously, this film isn't a great one, but we've got some great films coming up. I've got some great guests coming up as well. So, um, yeah, let and let people know. Just let friends know, let, let a family member know, let anyone, anyone who you know who's into any of these films I'm talking about or thinks that the premise is funny, like, just just get them involved, like, I don't know. Um, and, yeah, I've been looking recently at some of the stats online and stuff like that uh, of, like, where you guys are listening to, and it absolutely blows my mind, like, looking through some of the top countries and stuff like that, like... I've got, yeah, looking at it now, like, someone from Korea is listening to this, like, Morocco, Denmark, Turkey, like, any of you guys out there, like, wherever you're listening to, I'd love to hear from you guys, um, obviously hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CagedInPod, or email me, uh, CagedInPod at gmail.com, I would love to just hear from anyone, anyone who's got any ideas, even if, like, I don't know, just say, hey, it's me, I'm listening in this country, that would be great, like, yeah, as I said, sometimes with these podcasts, it's quite hard, because you don't know if you are just, like, screaming into the void, if you're just, like, talking, like, I'm talking into this microphone in my lounge, and nobody's listening, but, like, even if there's, like, 10 people listening, guys, I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do this regardless, even if nobody's listening. That's kind of the mantra I have. I record these as if nobody's listening and just hope that if you are, you're enjoying it. And if you feel like someone else would enjoy it, like, yeah, share it with them. But I feel like, uh, yeah, going on a bit like, I don't know, listen, don't listen, whatever, whatever you want to do. Obviously, if you're listening to this part, you're already, you're already on board. Just, yeah, just trying to get more people on board because I don't know. I'm, I'm putting in time, guys, and I'm putting in the hours. Uh, I think, like, soon I'll calculate the hours as well and I'll, 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 I'll pop that out there. Um, but yeah, uh, as always, I've been Petrus Patsilibus. I've been caged in. You've been rad. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Copo Connections, A Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.